podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, great news. We have extended our partnership with the brilliant crew at collegefootballisland.com and the Aer Lingus College Football Classic this year. Notre Dame at Navy is the big game and me, Ben, Propo and more going to be out there for all the build-up. We're going to be recording pods. There's talk of a live show. We'll be at the game. We are super excited about it. We're going to be dropping special episodes of College Days here on the NC Show in the build-up to it. Lots of brilliant guests coming your way. If you haven't, if you didn't make it over last year, you've got to try and get out there this year or next year's game has been announced as well. So head on over to collegefootballisland.com. Find out more information from the website. We hope to see you out there. Larwood, old friend, old friend of the show. It's great and to see dating, you. Dating back to the 20th century. <laughs> when well, this not, was on the wireless, on the wireless radio. American Forces Radio. Covering uh, Bart Star, leading the Packers <laughs> to Super Bowl One. It's like Mike Carson's in the room, folks. Very good to see you, man. It's been uh, a long Mike, time. Long Mike time. Carson will be black and white. Well, actually, here's one for you, straight off the bat, because we've got a lot of questions for you, uh, because we put out on social media at the NC show that you were going to be on the show. Unsurprisingly, it is a bumper mailbag. A lot of Lions-focused questions. That won't surprise you either. But something came through our Twitter feed this morning, which got me a bit worried. Um, Hi. Yeah. And I'm hoping you can help me, <laughs> help me with it. Uh, it's from Tony. Uh, hey, Tony. Uh, at the NC show is how you get in touch with the show. He said, hey, Nat, I was wondering... If AI took over the world, who would it replace on the show? I mean, are we, is it just a matter of time before we're, we're all replaced by AI, do you think? Well, Mike Carson is the very first embodiment of AI. You what, might remember the you film Daryl. Do you remember the yeah, sure, film Daryl? I do. Yeah. Daryl stood, for those younger listeners, Daryl was, what's it called? Is it an acronym? What is it when this is the letters? So D, data, analyst, yeah. robot, youth, something like that. And it was a boy who was a robot. And he sort of joined this um, American family. In one of those films that was always on television, that yeah. the BBC or ITV must have bought for about six weeks. <laughs> and every, every sort of Easter holiday, it's like, what's on? Oh, Daryl's on. I sort of hate Daryl. <laughs> and I sort of looked into it. I did a deep dive into this and that. And it's actually um, a biography of Mike Carson. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't think it is a biography of Mike Carson. I do remember it being. Did you know that? Just to get the cast list, it's got it's got um, Michael McKean, brilliant comic, Spinal Tap, and um, oh really? It's in the in the cast of Daryl. He's one. Of, in fact, looking at it, he's one of the. He's one of the leads, and it was nominated for an Academy oh Academy Award for Best Music. Um, Daryl, God, I haven't thought of that for so. So that was based on Mike Carson. I had no idea. Oh, I mean, if you look at the actual character, the lead boy who plays uh, Daryl, he yeah. does look very much like uh, I had no Mike idea. Carlson. I'd be working with if all anything, these things. I didn't know. <laughs> if anything, I would say that his portrayal of Daryl was. Slightly too human to be Mike Carlson. <laughs> um, so have you, have you played around? With, I bet you've had a lot of fun with ChatGPT and AI already, right? I did a bit. I basically it's the end of everyone's career. <laughs> yeah, well, this is Tony's point. I think we're we're in, we're in trouble, definitely. But the rope, we're going to become the second most intelligent species. On Earth, at what's behind AI robots? If you so, can, but are, well, you, really, are, you, worried, are to... you really worried about it? I, I mean, do you think because there's a limit? To, yeah, they'll they will definitely AI will replace jobs. And the problem is, is I mean, not about American football yet, but I mean, this is important because we'll be destroyed by the robots. Yeah, uh, but there will be no limit on it because. Mm. Companies want to get the whole structure of societies that companies want to beat each other, and make the most money. Yeah. So they will advance AI uh, at the expense of humanity. 
So I think I think um just listeners, enjoy these last few years. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe you've got a choice whether you become one of the robots or you live on underground in in the uh in in, in, in sort of those horrible like, like like a beggar in areas where you have to no electricity and you have to drink each other's urine so and that's hot, a good day that's on that's, christmas that's, that's not a good day with um well if, if yeah if, if robots are going to take us over then we get pushed underground to that environment would we still have the framework like a political framework would would we have president DeSantis? Well, it's asking me too many questions. What I do know is that if Mike Carlson's still doing the podcast, the yeah. will be well, they'll be saying, "Oh, yes, let's listen to Mike Carlson. He is one of us. I very much enjoyed the podcast." Fan favorite. I am Mike Carlson. Hey, let's bring this to football then. And this is it. This is in all seriousness. Do you expect to see AI starting to factor in the same way data started to? factor in significantly and analytics factored into American sports over the last 10 years in particular, will we start to see professional sports like many other industries and the NFL in particular utilizing AI in some way, just for speed of um, not necessarily drawing up plays, but just in terms of speed of um, speed of, response and answer and and i guess data acquisition and um an organization yeah because it's all about money it's cheaper isn't it it's just cheaper to do that rather than have because there's so much data involved in you know very in america especially american sports seem to be a lot because the stop start nature of it yeah i mean we always talk about the book in this podcast review which is the book of where (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have to go for a two point or a one point thing, and so that would probably be all AI, won't it? That, that would be all AI, and, and instantly, yeah, straight away. So rather than having some guys frantically scrabbling through the book, sort of flicking through, AI will give the answer straight away. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned the book because there's another question for you that relates to that from Will. Hey, Will, he says, Marek, do you feel your deserved place at the top of British comedy? has become marginalised due to your questioning of the book. Are we seeing just how far Goodell's influence reaches? Hmm. Yes, I would put the fact that my career in comedy, it's nothing to do with the fact that I'm now approaching 47. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I do think that um, when I first questioned the, the book and the whole... that. For long-term listeners, we'll know that we'll always tweet about the book because I asked you what was the book. You did. Which is in reference to the decision to go for two points or one point. You go for it or not, yeah. And in my my head, after after touchdown, in my head, I imagine this dusty old tome (laughs) at the bottom of each, you know, they send this boy down, (laughs) go and fight off some goblins and jump over some sort of a pit. And consult the book. Oh, you know. <laughs> is there, did we establish, is there a keeper of the book that he has to, or is the book just there on a uh, on a plinth, or is there a keeper it's that on he a has plinth. to? It's a bit mm. like uh, in Indiana Jones, in the, uh, and the first one where, oh, I realise the one are 40 years old, apologies. There's <laughs> a new involved. Indiana Jones film out, so I think the our younger listeners will, will, will probably know. You know, you've got to replace the golden, the book, with something yeah, exactly yeah, the same yeah, way. Yeah, okay. So the book is replaced with a hundred of Matt Patricia's pencils. <laughs> you were to go with Patricia, of course you were. Yeah. Or just a bag, a bag of Matt Patricia's facial hair clippings that he has to just drop. It's a bag of uh, sweat taken. <laughs> he actually has to wear a sweat nappy. <laughs> um, I re- this has all come out since he got sacked from the Detroit Lions and been sacked from various things. He wears a sweat nappy, right? When he realizes that he's out of his depth, and he will continue to sweat the exact weight of the book over the course <laughs> of the game. So he has to go into the tent. So you know, in, in the sidelines, I have a tent for injured players. Yeah, yeah. If uh, when the when he was a coach of the Lions, he had to go into the tent, into the blue tent, players, yeah. remove yeah. the sweat nappy, <laughs> give that to 
the book boy yeah would then run under ford field the dungeons all the way down yeah, yeah. in t- to try and replace the sweat nappy on the plinth so he could take the bring the book back and and that will tell him whether he goes for it on after the touch he goes for yeah. two points or not. The, okay. the, what no one factored in yeah that, um when they brought the book back that matt patricia can't actually read so uh, he was an eight, it was all useless. <laughs> okay. So he just flipped a coin anyway and decided what, yeah. what to do. So AI is going to replace all of this is what we're establishing, I think. This is bullying of Matt Patricia. If Matt Patricia's listening, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry for I'm I'm actually making the world worse by bullying. I'm sure that he's a nice bloke if you've got to know him outside football. I feel I feel it's unlikely that Matt Patricia listens to the show, but you never know. So if he does it, he'll, he'll appreciate that apology, I'm sure. All right. So life has moved on for the Lions <laughs> since Matt Patricia. Where Where is your head at right now going into this season? Because there's a huge amount of optimism, understandably, ab- ab- about Detroit. I think they are a team that um, pretty much every neutral in the NFL is pulling for. Last time we caught up, of course, was off the back of last season's hard knocks and uh, pretty much from day one, right. And Dan Campbell's first press conference, there's something that is quite appealing about them and the fighting spirit and the underdog spirit. And it's a team that's been beaten up for years and years that finally starting to look good. And and the divisions opened up perfectly for them. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, a- if they have got it into the play, they almost got into the playoffs last year. Yeah, and who would have known whether uh, I think they would have gone? There weren't that many other than the Eagles. And it was what it was wide up, and I guess it is to a maybe not. It's a great point, maybe not to the same degree this year, but it's still a wide open conference. I mean, it's st- the the league is still so heavily stacked to the AFC, right? That yeah, I don't think it's ever been this. It's um this one one sided, right? The Eagles notwithstanding, like, it's like top five. Premier- yeah, Premiership, and then the NFC is a championship. And I think maybe, I mean, the Eagles, to me, are the standout side by a, a mile, I think. Um, but in terms of the Lions... Yeah, so let's start with the division. So let's start with the, uh, your favourite. Do you feel you're going in as yeah, favourites well, for the division? Just to put into perspective how bad the Lions have been, <laughs> I'm reading something about um, projected wins. And this is the... So our projected wins is something like 9.5. Mm. And that is the best it's been projected since something like 1992 for the Lions or 91. <laughs> so this is like the, that's the best that's been projected on the a pro football a winning season. Yeah. For 30, for 30 years, 31 years. Um, I actually think the, the NFC North is deceptively tight, actually. So, yeah. The Lions have got the momentum behind them. I think they made some good... Uh, free agency acquisitions in um uh, in the secondary. I say that, but like everyone else, I was just working out. It's about a thousand seven hundred players or something like that. Thirty-two teams. Yeah, three players in each team. Yeah, I've got no idea if these players are good. I can make out to you they're good or not. I think they're all right. I mean, there's more people than you have to. How anyone can know more than two hundred players? is incredible. Yeah, uh, we talk about this a lot with the draft, don't we, when everybody's suddenly an expert because they've watched a minute of (laughs) footage on YouTube. But that's true with a lot of them. I mean, look, I've covered the game professionally for, what, 15 years, and there are linemen that, you know, yeah. But I think think the flip side of that, I guess, is that there are players that we um, have seen a lot of and we do know a lot about. And you look at the some of the signings that, that the Lions have made, it does it does bode well. Looking at the looking at the draft, because I've got to go there. Yeah. The Detroit was vilified, I think, for for what they did initially. And then it all day two, everything started to kind of come together and the narratives shifted from what the hell are they doing to actually this has been in totality, which is when you should always evaluate the draft. And it's the the era we're living in, right? Everybody jumps the gun and uh, and is quick to criticize, but the dial move from this is another Detroit disaster to actually this could have been a shrewd, shrewd bit of business. Bearing in mind what we just said, we don't never really know with the draft until it comes out in the wash. But how do you feel about it as a fan? Do you feel well, that- I was quite surprised because I thought 
they traded down and uh, there was some still the, the Lions offense has been pretty good. There were a lot, lot worse stellar last year, largely thanks to well, the, the Lions offensive line's really good. And Ben Johnson is basically a head coach in the making. He's sort of he's the offensive coordinator who's yeah. probably the perfect mix of Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson. You've got a guy who's all heart and inspiring, mm-hmm. and then you've got this genius sort of playmaker. Right. Sort of per- that's a perfect mix. So yeah. him staying was absolutely crucial to the mm-hmm. Lions' success. That was a massive factor in uh, that will be a massive factor in their success. I think it's a great point. What does him staying tell you about that? I mean, that alone must give, unless he's just one of those coordinators that doesn't really actually fancy being a head coach. And that sometimes I think overlooks. Well, I think it's, it's what jobs are open really. Mm. And it was like the Texans, wasn't it really? Which is probably a good place. I think it's quite a good place to go. Yeah. But then, because low expectations, you got time to. Well, I guess most head and all those draft picks, time, you know, but... you've got yeah, low expectations. But obviously, you didn't fancy it. So does I'm... that tell you? Does that you know give you positivities? Thinking oh, we're onto something here because I think so. Got... I think there's. I think the combination of different things. A the NFC being wide open. You know, Ro- Rogers has left the Packers, but the Packers weren't the force they were anyway. And it's just uh, there's a real chance of getting the playoffs and getting to like. I mean, you could feasibly see Detroit in the NFC Championship game this year. I can wow. really see it. Which I, is I, I, I'm with you. Which, is, as you say, it's an incredible thing to say. But I mean, as far as the as far as Vegas is concerned, you're heavy favourites to win. I mean, it's almost even money in a, in a lot of places. The Vikings are second favourites, and but they're, I mean, they even when they have a, a a winning season and a successful on paper output there's a lot of question marks about this viking side generally i suppose a lot of that is that position is perpetuated because it's Kirk cousins where are you with with goff do you think he's the same kind of player as Kirk cousins he's obviously talented you can't underplay it's it's easy for us to do it and slag off quarterbacks that yeah well, i should I'll, I'll answer your draft player? question first i didn't really answer that so your draft question hmm. Detroit Lions draft was quite weird because you thought, why have we gone for a running back that early? Yeah. Seems crazy when there's key defensive players who have been highly rated still on the board. Yeah. And whether Gibbs, at, I can't remember where we picked him, like, it was up. Like, we could have got him. We had to pick 18. We had two early picks. We could have yeah. got these players later on, which I still think they were early picks. And then um, we moved Swift to the Eagles, which is weird because... We he was our sort of lead running back who's got the talent and the burst of speed. Yeah, never really sort of had some injuries and never you could sort of see it in hard knocks. There was this expectation of him which he didn't fulfil. Mm. Obviously, I mean, I think they would have gone for that um, B. Jan Robinson who went to the Falcons if he was. That's what they were probably waiting for, I think. Well, and this is the and issue, you, right, that Ben's yeah. talked about, that he and uh, drop into the vault and check out Ben's draft assessments. Because, you know, as we as we said earlier on, he is a guy that watches hours and hours of, of tape on all of these players. And he has said, as as many draft Knicks have said, the drop-off between Bijan Robinson and everyone else is is major, right? So it's not just that they took a run in, but I'm, I'm all for the B. Jam Robinson pick. Uh, and I think, I think if you have a generational talent, projected generational talent, even though it's running back and it's a position that's devalued, take them, right? But I get it. I get that totally. But I suppose that's the problem. The Lions, that there's a huge, it wasn't like there were two B. Jam Robinson. There were two players that were, you know, the, it's a Saquon and Ezekiel, the same draft. It was B. Jam Robinson and a massive, well, a, a, at least a tangible drop off. So to I think it'd be fascinating to see how good. So obviously, I mean, why did they pick him there? Obviously, he was rated higher than any all the draft analysts rate him. Yeah, and they obviously had the plan to move Swift. Swift was going. Yeah, going to draft this other. I mean, we well, lost him came in, in right? free agency, which was a mistake, I think. But he demanded too much money, so they got David Montgomery from the Bears yeah. to replace him. Yeah. So that, and then I. We'll just see. I mean, that is the key. He's going to be a key cog in the success of the team. 
mm. and they've got a lot riding on him. But that's the thing with running backs. Normally, you get the first three years, that's when you sort of ride them hard and they literally break them, right. give them concussion, throw them in the bin, their lives ruined. And that's maybe, maybe they them. could get the job that you know with the book, they could get some kind of role there sweeping up. In the oh, he could become and, a book boy, yeah. Book boy. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's, my, that's my draft. Uh, yeah, the draft was a bit weird, but, mm. but you're okay weird, with it. You're okay. It sounds like you're okay with it. Well, we'll see. And then um, in terms of division, like the Vikings last year, they sort of had the luckiest season ever, didn't they? They won by they was not that good, mm. and they were somehow leading the NFC. Well, up with the Eagles with the best record in the NFC, and they get to the playoffs. You think, oh yeah, it was right. They weren't that good. They just yeah. flute blows. You just had one fluky season. Yeah, a lot of narrow wins, which the the glass half full guys would say, well, they're winning clutch games. But yeah, you look at so many different metrics and differentials that they were, uh, their success was overblown. So, and they've got to, the question I was going to ask on Goff is, is he that, is, is his ceiling Kirk Cousins? Is he that kind of player that is clearly, and it's easy to slag these guys off as I say, because they're not, Mahomes, they're not Lamar Jackson, and they're not uh, elite elite players. So, but they're incredible athletes. They're serial pros. They've been, you know, they will be. Alex Smith, I guess, is a good. Yeah, so Kirk Cousins is sort of a better Dalton. Dalton's and I, every time that, I watch yeah. Kirk Cut Cousins, he's played brilliant against Detroit. <laughs> if he, I think he's just because he's so straight. And he seems so normal. All he needs is like a, a strange moustache or a haircut, <laughs> do something slightly crazy, mm. get a tattoo of a mullet. someone on his forehead. Uh, and then I suddenly Kirk Cousins is, if he's crazy and that good, yeah. then you like him. He becomes a cult player. But he's, he's an <laughs> right. accountant who is that good. Such a good point. That's a, if, if he was just like, look at Jim McMahon from the bed. Right. One working eye. He was, you know, put a fork in his eye or something, didn't he, Jim? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was inconsistent, but also it was just really funny and interesting. Yeah. Charismatic so, beer drinking, had a, had the headband. Maybe that's what, yeah, Cousins could go, go for a headband. I quite like that, like a bandana. Start wearing it. Or get like a, I like the idea of you saying getting a tattoo on his on his face. I mean, that's quite extreme. If he just gets a tear, you know, you know the people <laughs> who get tears when they've killed someone or something. So if he just got like three tears, you think, what? Kirk Cousins has killed three people in the off season. <laughs> what what happened, Kirk? So Kirk Kirk bl bland, and I, and it's a fair point. I think we're we're negative about him. I uh, think he's all right. I yeah. don't see what the uh, every time I see him play, I think you Kirk Cousins is good. But there is, yeah, but that's, that's the level. Carlson and I were talking quite recently about, um, do you remember? I like Kirk Cousins. Do you remember the the COVID season or the, the, the season that was most affected by COVID when the Broncos had that quarterback disaster? And so Kendall Hinton, their wide receiver, had to play quarterback for them. Oh, remember? yes, yeah. And he, because and he the, he, the reason he got the gig was because he'd been a quarterback in high school and he was terrible. And uh, not knock on him, he was terrible. But I was saying to Carson, that's the mad thing about this, that he was a really successful on a national level quarterback at high school. So he's obviously an unbelievable athlete. If we're watching him play at high school, we're at high school with him. He is an unbelievable quarterback. And yet you fast forward six, seven years, obviously he hadn't played the position for a while. That's maybe a little bit to do with it, but he it just, it looks like you or I had been thrown in almost right into, into, into that situation. Yeah, so the, we, the terror of, of having six for eight men yeah. running towards you, grunting, literally knowing that, I mean, the, well, the hits would probably just kill me. One hit might kill three, you. And three seconds is a long time, isn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, a time. huge amount. Yeah. So one, got, yeah. two, three. You've got Bam. to have picks your, go through your, check your first um, stop, or is it? All your reads. Yeah. You've got to do all your reads, go through all the reads, check and make a decision. Are you throwing an interception in that three-second window and all the fans want to kill you? <laughs> yeah. You put it your in those, whole life is ruined on this. This is it. One, two, three. Oh, you made the wrong decision. 
Your side have lost the playoff game. Everyone hates you forever. There we go. Enjoy that. <laughs> but you know what? That 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 has uh, I mean that has happened. There are players like Nate Peterman's a good example of that, right? He that's exactly what happened to him, and it, it becomes self perpetuating this vicious circle. And you have three or four games, and you, and you're done, and that is it. And every he was probably for the age of five, he was this ultra athlete. Every level he played at, oh Nate's, you know Nate Nate's gone in the NFL, and you know, and then he gets there, wrong situation, couple of bad decisions, couple of bad games, and that's everything done. Yeah. So with all this in context, so a player like Dalton's a great shout, and Cousins and. Goff is obviously where I'm leading with this. These are all players. Garoppolo's maybe within that, the kind of top of that group where you think, ah, can you win a Super Bowl with them? Are they, are they, they're unbelievable players. They are, they're, mm. they are unbelievable athletes. With Goff, is this maybe that opportunity where he was a number one overall pick, showed flashes uh, in, in LA, but then because he's in LA, it's a bit like the inverse of being the quarterbacks coach or offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers, right? It's oh well, of course you, of course you're doing well. You got Aaron Rodgers with Goff. It was like the inverse. Well, of course you're doing well. You got McVeigh, and it's this genius. So he was kind of underestimated, I think, in terms of the good years that he had in LA. Then it all went a bit sour, and he got slagged off by the the mainstream. Uh, and Detroit was, I guess, an opportunity for rehabilitation. He's taken that, and he's is there a is there, I guess what I'm getting at here, is there, is there an argument to say that Goff is playing with confidence, is in the right situation, does have Dan Campbell uh, to motivate him, has got decent talent around him. Maybe he could have a, a breakout year. Maybe this is the year where I he's... Think he did, I think he did the second half of last year. Mm. He, he completely... So I think it's always difficult when you join a new team. He had no... I mean, it must have been awful. He basically just... He was just a part of the Matthew Stafford package. They wanted to get, the Rams wanted to get his wages off the books. He wasn't even regarded as a player. As like, oh, right, you can have the two draft picks. And also, can you take Jared Goff? Do you mind taking him? <laughs> I mean, just he can yeah. feed him like in the morning, you know, <laughs> stroke his hair. And then he likes to watch um, uh, <laughs> Scooby-Doo around 12 o'clock. So you could do that. So they did that. They got <laughs> Jared Goff. Yeah. And then he was, start, you know, he had actually had completely shuttered confidence and he sort of got better and better. And he's got the best defensive line. He's probably got one of the best defensive coordinators. Mm. He's got good, um, uh, Amon, um, Rastin Brown. He's a great sort of go-to slot receiver. Uh, so they've got a good receiving core, possibly one dodgy draft pick. The guy who's might be uh, Williams, who might Jameson be, Williams, yeah, yeah, who might be have character issues. I say character issues. That's the word for arsehole, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, well, he's. I mean, he's missing. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's gonna. I mean, that has got to be considered a blow because he started to look decent. Well, he didn't really play when he I, came in. Yeah, and then he sort of started saying, "Oh, why am I not playing?" And I thought, well. Just shut up and, t- you know, and yeah. he sort of took Calvin Johnson's number and he said, you're taking probably, I mean, the Lions have been lucky of having Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, two of the best players at those positions. And I, sort of, I just think, mm, I don't, what, you're a bit arrogant to take the, one of the greatest receivers. That number should be retired, you know. You shouldn't be sort of taking that as your number. And then this, the stuff he said online, on sort of moaning about it, you think, oh, you're just a bit of a, you're one of those wide receivers who's a dick. Yeah. There are quite a lot of them. Um, <laughs> You're not a fan, of, not a fan of, of the receiver position. Well, he's missing six games. Uh, yeah, for betting. He did yeah. he betted betting violations. And a few others did it as well. Yeah. That's but, a- yeah, so going back to Goff, yes, it, it's perfectly set up for Goff. There's nothing for him to use. It's a lose, really. It's a contract year. The Lions drafted Hendon Hooker, who was a, a promising, slightly older college quarterback at Tennessee, Yeah, who was you know, the sort of fourth-rated quarterback in a draft who fell into the third round. So they've got that backup. But, you know, remember, Jared Goff was a number one, he was a number one pick. Yeah. So he's got the arm strength. He's got the talent. Yeah. Like Kirk Cousins, he has sort of, doesn't really have any personality. 
But that's what happens with elite sportsmen. They're not really person. I mean, all he's been doing is throwing a football around for like 25 years. That, that, is, that, is, that is their 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 MO. But that's what I liked about Trevor Lawrence when he, do you remember when he came out in the draft and, so, and everyone knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. So there was a lot of media. And in one interview, do you remember this? He gave... I think it was with Sports Illustrated. Anyway, it was one of the one of the main American media outlets, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I'm actually quite interested in a lot of other things outside of football. It's not, you know, my be all and end all. Basically, he has other things in his life, and there were so many different shouting head shows where the the lead story would be." Are they making other Jag Jaguars making a mistake here with Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to be committed? Yeah, committed to playing the game. I mean, madness. That is a problem. That is a central problem with the NFL. Is that I've never seen a sport where there's so much. There's eight months of talking about the four months of playing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I hate about the draft. I'm sure listeners will hate it. the first. You see, the draft comes out. So the draft's in May, about March, February time. So and so's Daniel Jeremiah's first draft. Nowhere near his first draft. None of the drafts are actually until the night before. That's the actual draft. Yeah. The first draft, which is a vague one. Then they'll do a nonsense one when they'll pick all these idiot. You know, like. Just to cause controversy. Yeah. And I'll do like draft four point three. What have you have you really changed your mind drastically <laughs> five times in the space? You know, completely changed your mind five times in the space of two months when none of these players have played. <laughs> none of them. Draft eight point nine. What are you talking about? What are you talking it's about it? draft eight? Just pick pick your f- twenty. And do that. Don't just mess me around. So I've got to read your draft three point zero. Oh, so and so, Greg, Greg, who's the Zerline guy? Yeah, Legatron, Greg Zerline. Yeah. Are oh, your friends with him, aren't you? Very tight. Very. Well, yeah, we kind yeah. of, we've had a bit of a disagreement recently about something, but we we uh, we'll oh, be oh, about the drafts. I know you talk about Greg Rosenthal. I think Greg Zerline, the kicker. Greg Rosenthal. Yeah, Greg yeah. Rosenthal. I meant yeah. Yeah. Get yeah, Greg yeah. Zerline yeah. drafting. You were disagreeing with Greg um, Zerline. I I I thought you were suggesting that I was pals with, with Greg Zerline. I, so I, I wish I said, you were. I well, so I kind of. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. But you know, on this on this point of filler, look at the headlines on NFL.com today. Uh, legendary running back Peterson hasn't officially hung it up. This is a quote Adrian Peterson gave that he said, I haven't mentally checked out yet. Even though he's uh, not played for like two years, is it? Two years? Yeah, right. Uh, Mahomes values Super Bowls over being highest paid guy. Uh what else is on that? Ron Rivera on declining Chase Young's option. He gets it. This is Chase Young not getting a fifth. Yeah. So we're in the we're in the dog days of summer right now when it comes when it comes to NFL stories. There is a lot of filling to do. What um what do you feel, or who do you feel, I should say, outside of the Eagles, are the threats to the Lions going deep in the playoffs? Which teams do you think have had a good offseason that look in the NFC that look like they're in in good shape. Well, this, I mean, the Seahawks look good. Yeah, they've made some interesting moves. The Russell Wilson trade was one of the most, could be one of the most genius, perfect time moves that revitalised your franchise if Geno Smith can sustain it. And they've got the sort of good, the, the draft picks look like they're good. They look um, it, it just pretty solid. Who mm. else? Dallas, uh, Dallas and the 49ers are always sort of up there, you know. So uh, I think uh, I'm just looking at the window because I've just put a bee box. This is a side story. Yeah. I put one of these bee things in the garden. Oh, I thought you said a bee box, but a no, bee, bee box. You know those yeah. things that have bees in, so they grow in the garden. And there's a magpie trying to eat, go in and get his, put his beak oh, in. Oh, horrible. Oh, it's just gone now. The bees will Imagine take care that. of them, surely. That was a side. That was a good... Um, People want these sorts of details. I like. I I I love the fact you're pro 
pro bees and supporting me. I love bees. And they've uh, let's go on a bee tangent. So we Brazil- go, let's carry, and I will go back to the other thing. So I think uh, Dallas. Well, I quite like to go on a bee tangent for a minute. Okay, so fine, fine. Why are we? Where are we? Because I, I think either I heard this like a fragment of it or read it quickly that because bees were dying out, right? But but that has been that slide has been arrested a little bit, and there is has is that been right? arrested. Thank you, thank you very much. There's a buzz. There's a buzz <laughs> about it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know what's happening that, with bees. Oh, I thought that's why you had a bee box out there to help. Yeah, because to help the bees to pollinate things. Yeah, I'm really against. Um, I think everyone should. I'm trying to do my bit, so I feel I'm not destroying the the world. So when um, Mike Carlson, the robots, to bring it back to that, when <laughs> Mike Carlson, the robots take over, yeah, and they come to judge everyone now. Say, so what has been your impact on the world and it's I your say, legacy i put a bee thing in the garden and go okay you can live for another <laughs> two months so you're doing it really just to self-preservation and to protect your own neck by the sound of it well for another two months yes yes <laughs> okay. i'm buying myself two months of life after the robot takeover by putting a bee's nest in my garden and who would have thought you would have heard that on an nfl podcast when you I love should, it. if you're still listening I'm sure they. Sure, I'm sure they will be. Matt Patricia might have might have checked out a few few minutes before, but I think everyone else will still be locked in. Um. So yeah, NFC contended the 49ers. It looks like, and this was the story that, that came out, which I think been in between all the non-stories that get spurted out. Interesting what they're going to do at quarterback and Hurdy reckons their camp are saying that he's going to be fit for Week One. It's had Tommy John surgery, which these days is 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 pretty amazing how quickly you can uh, rehabilitate mm. from that. Purdy or Lance is going to be, I'm sure, one of the the if they're both fit, the big stories going into into week one. Which way they go there, the 49ers? And they've got a Darnold as well, haven't they? Yeah, they they do. That's right. Yeah, they do. I mean, the Trey Lance thing is interesting because he was so hyped mm. in the draft. Of being this sort of the quarterback with the m- most upside, yeah, and literally a year later they're talking about Mr. Irrelevant being their starting quarterback above their third. Was he third? But someone got a crazy high pick. It's one of the yeah, and they traded up for him. So it's yeah, it's one of the most fascinating stories I think in 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 recent years when you weave together a, a number of things. So if you you mentioned the Lions felt that they've seen something in uh Jameer that maybe other people the drafting didn't see, right? Or they yeah. feel he's a good fit for the situation, our situation. And that's something that really only a team can can fully know. And you wouldn't expect somebody externally to necessarily know, right? We might be going in a different direction. There's something we've seen about him. Uh, I mean this is the entire uh, and of course as you know it's a legendary movie on this show. The entire plot of draft day is predicated predicated on this principle of we're just going to get the guys we think are a good fit for us, and I don't care what anyone else is, right? But there is a, a, I guess, a broader philosophy, which is we get the guys that we want, forget what the draft nicks say, or we go for the best player on the board, irrespective of what we needed at that position if he falls for us, or we're going to stick to our plan and go for what we needed, and it's one of those three things that you you typically see with. Trey Lance, he, because he's such a raw talent as well, the fact the 49ers made the move to go up and get an inner quarterback rich class created all of this. Oh my God, he must be incredible. What have they seen? What is it? What, what is it we've missed? The 49ers must have thought, obviously thought, whether he was, in terms of the power rankings, the best quarterback, the most ta- the best for what we want to do, the way the direction we're going, what we want to do. He's our guy. Now, and obviously unlucky with injury. Maybe they've seen stuff that that's what we hoped, but it didn't play out. And it was a huge gamble, and they wanted to they wanted to roll the dice. Or he's exactly as they felt he'd be, but the Brock Birdie's come in. None of that because he was the last pick in the draft. Yeah. And it just turns out situationally. Shit, we're in a better we're in a better place here, but it's just luck. I mean, they can't have right. done that much evaluation on Brock Purdy. But then again, he performed. If you've got a quarterback who performs in the playoffs and wins you before yeah. his injury and at the crunch time, that's what you want. That I mean, that's that's probably 
going back to Kirk Cousins, right. that is the, the black mark on Kirk Cousins' CV is that he's never really been great at the big crunch games in the playoffs. Right. Whereas Brock Purdy comes in, six-round pick, crunch time in the season, wins all the games and performs before he got, he got injured in the playoffs. You think, well, you have, you have to go. You're crazy. You can't suddenly yeah. go for Trey Lance. He's just he's displaying all the qualities of a veteran quarterback, you know, which was incredible. I mean, it was incredible yeah. what he did to go in and be that po- po- polished and just be that successful. Uh, yeah, and and, and then you, you're never going to know, even if you're taking a you know a player first overall, you, you're not going to know how they're going to handle that level of pressure. It's a really good point. It's not just that Purdy was accomplished and looked capable and looked like he belonged in a typical game. He's going into tough situations and looking like he'd be doing it for 10 years. Like not, yeah. uh, that's the intangible thing. I think it's, it's almost impossible to predict, right? You know, I guess, you know, you're going to get it. Uh, you knew Peyton Manning was going to be like that. You probably Andrew Luck. You felt, yeah. Yeah. Reasonably yeah. sure. He's going to be that kind of player. And Joe Burrow as well. Yeah. He, Burrow. Right, right. He was incredible that season and under all that pressure. Yeah. And you just think, of course you're, you can just get your natural leader and those college, big college games, he was just exceptional. So you think, of course you're going to go. Because right. the big college games are as big as like, almost like NFC. The college final is probably about up there with the NFC sort of almost championship close yeah, to Yeah, divisional. Yeah, you're right. It's, it, it's, 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 it's huge. And actually that you can extend it to Jalen Hurts, right? And it, it yeah. makes total sense how he's managed to turn his career around. Or, or yeah, well, I guess he has because we went to last season and Hurts was, is he, is he going to, start the whole season like you know mm-hmm. now he's one of the best players in the league because of everything you went through it kind of makes sense like if you you get rejected to that level on that stage yanked at half time in the in the college championship and you go different college rebuild and a consummate pro with it as well it, it, it makes a huge amount of sense hey i've just noticed we were talking jameson williams a bit earlier right mm. uh james gregory's got in touch with the show and asks the following, has Marek considered inviting Jameson to play Wolfsball to keep in shape whilst he's suspended from the Lions? Now, for uh, listeners of the show aren't aware, Wolfsball, uh, a, a sport and, and indeed, a, I guess, a, a league, uh, an organisation that Marek Lava created from from scratch. How is Wolfsball going? Well, it's sort of not really going. I'm, yeah. I'm Long-term listeners will know I created a sport called Wolfsball as part of a bet. The sport actually worked I started off a league in London. People came to play it. I invested probably about three to four grand of my own money in it. Then I tried to get in touch with Sport England, who were so unhelpful and not interested. And the make out they promote sport, they were total assholes and rude. Oh, no. What did yeah. they, what, you were trying to get funding from them, presumably? No, I, said, what... I just wrote to them saying, for help, here's a sport. Here's a video, blah, blah, blah. And you just get some sort of standard thing. Oh, we're not interested in it. I think, well, you're not really promoting sport then, aren't you? <laughs> Any established stuff. But basically we'll to make that. a sport, yeah. I went to meet, went to councils, met councils trying, no one wants to give you any money. They all want everything for free. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm not getting, I, I haven't got money to, to fund a sport. You probably need several million pounds. And I don't have that. I'm an out of work actor. <laughs> so unfortunately, in the pandemic, I moved to the Isle of Wight and the Vaughsport has been put on hold. My dad is still developing it. Um, so that is like the sad status of Vaughsport. I tried to create a sport. Sometimes, like Jalen Hurts, you meet with this adversity. <laughs> well, that's, and yeah. You, or you give up so not a Jay, someone who's like Nathan Peterson. Nathan <laughs> you walk oh, away yeah. from you walk. You are Josh Rosen. Um, so, yeah, oh, Josh Rosen. Yes, Josh fascinating. Josh really. Rosen. Yeah, there'll be a thirty for thirty about him one day. The, that's a shame, but I don't know. Go look at the positives, right? I mean, maybe what you need is a patron like Dwayne Johnson, right? He kind of rescued the XFL and brought it back. Can you, can the you, problem uh, is inventing a sport is fun. I enjoy doing stats of it, but you realise sometimes, sometimes listeners, your the realities of making a dream a business means that I had to interact with PE teachers. And I did, right. I remember talking my sport to some PE teachers. And my experience is that two out of every three PE teachers are balanced. Possibly the biggest balance you meet 
in your two life. Out of three. Uh, do you, the first ever live Clang show with uh, when Greg played the teacher kept the saying Larby. the Mr. Commonwealth, Larby. a bronze medal. <laughs> was that was that what his teacher was? That, that? was based was that? on his RPE teacher. His this teacher was a group I did, and one of the sketches was never made to TV. <laughs> was Greg uh, Davis? You might know uh, who's six foot eight in speedos. Berating me also in speedos for not swimming the channel in enough time and not covering myself in goose fat. And it was based on a teacher called Mr. Larby, <laughs> a horrible PE teacher, a bit like the one in, uh, is it Kez or whatever? I can't remember. What, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that is still even uh, all these years on because that was the yeah that was the it was your first live show like Clang's first long live show yeah uh, yeah Commonwealth a bronze medal it's still we still <laughs> drop medal, that down Commonwealth game Commonwealth yeah. game <laughs> I love I it apologize to any nice be teachers yeah when well I, you said one I, out of three is nice so. I tried to p- mention my sport to this PE teacher yeah. I thought, I've invented this point, and the, the lack of interest and the lack of sort of, it was perfect for young kids to play, non-contact, everyone can join in, you can use, you can be of any ability. Yeah. Just the rudeness of it. I thought, it's your job as a PE teacher to promote sport, and someone's coming to you with a sport they've invented that works, and you're not interested. So, A, you're not interested in your job. So, you should be... Killed first by the robots. Oh, God, blimey, we're back to AI taking over the world. Well, PE teachers, the watch we go for first. PE <laughs> teachers, a uh, good idea, Mike. <laughs> well, I think there are bound to be, uh, even if we've established that it's unlikely that uh, Matt Patricia or indeed Greg Zerline listens to the show, they're bound to be. Uh, PE teachers out there, I'm sure the, the listeners to the show. So, so let's come back to to Marek. If you could help, if you have ideas to kickstart, and indeed, actually taking PE teachers aside, anybody that has any ideas about how we can kickstart Wolfsball and get some funding for it and get going again, I I would love to start to start that campaign. Wolfsball, 21st century's greatest sport. There you go. There's the tagline, and then we can try and get Jameson Williams. Uh, involved while he's got a bit of time off. Right, let's uh, let's wrap things up with some rapid fire for you. Yeah, you ready? Go. Uh, most improved team. Texans temporarily. Ooh. Jets. Jets yeah. temporarily yeah. for about a year, but long term. Mm. Texans. I really like CJ Stroud. I love that. I love that answer. Um, best and worst free agency deal. You could either go for one of each or just pick your favourite or your least favourite. Garoppolo's a weird one from car Why? to Garoppolo. It's kind of stuck sideways. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like, oh, right, we've just got the same sort of person. Yeah. I suppose it's the McDaniels connection, maybe. The yeah. King, yeah. Upside. But yeah, that is a strange one. I, I hear you. Head coach you would take instead of Dan Campbell out of current head coaches. I think there's not enough said about um, because they they're just stalwarts. Mike Tomlin and uh, John Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, their records are. I mean, Mike Tomlin's not had a losing. It's just for not. It's phenomenal. Yeah, not have a losing uh, season. I know they've been with like a sort of weakened Bengals and Browns, and they've been rubbish rate. But they're, now they're both good. They're they're. Re- how they I know they've got I mean particularly the Ravens have got um is it Ozzy Newsom who was there for mm-hmm. their GM for a long time yeah. yeah yeah they've got but to have that those coaching records they've got is just yeah incredible and adapting to different quarterbacks like going from like Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson it's a totally different system and still being successful like yeah. when he's clearly completely knackered in and still win it, you know, still managing to win with all the injuries he had as well. So you sort of think, well, they never get the plaudits because they're always there. I mean, the obvious answer is Andy Reid, mm. but um, I think those two should get a bit more credit. Love that. Great answer. Last one for you. Draft pick most likely to make the most impact. I think B. Jan Robinson, I think. Yeah, love that as well. I am a huge fan of that. And I hope he, I really hope he does. And I hope that he has 
a, a sustained career away from injury because I, I I think that is one of the easiest traps to fall into. Like we said a, a little while ago, because the running back's been devalued. Oh well, then all running backs you shouldn't draft tight. Where, if it's a, a, a you know McCaffrey an injury is 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 a good example of that, right? And Saquon an injury and Zeke an injury. If if we could have a running back that stays relatively fit at that level, I think it will do a huge amount in terms of draft stock because it loads people to slag off the Falcons for that move. And I love it. And I think he's, I think it's a great. I yeah. think he'll be especially with their quarterback situation. Yeah, you precisely. Want, yeah, you want someone to go simple, take care of business. Yeah. They've got. They're a really interesting side. The Falcons. I, I think, think they're, they're exciting. To, yeah, it feels like oh, what they like some of the moves they've made. Yeah, and I think they'll be a good dark horse. Yeah, I like him. I like him too. Um, mate, it's great to catch up with you. It's sorry it's been so long. Um, what are you up to outside of dropping out by our show and talking AI and football? What else is going on in the world of Marek? I still doing ITV2 show, Slow Ability, which has uh, come back for its seventh series. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. A good, solid, regular gig. Other than that, very little acting work coming my way. Oh, but it's been, because I've heard a lot of people say it's been a, a in that world a, a difficult year. Is it? I think it's just too old now. Just, <laughs> I think it's just you get to the point where you're not young, exciting anymore. So I've been concentrating. I do a lot of walking videos. I've got a walking YouTube site called Cool Dudes Walking Club, where I go on walks and I try and investigate some folklore and things like that. And it's just me, quite relaxing, walking nice places in the country. It's the opposite of American football. We so subscribe if you think, ah, oh, I'd really like to help Marek out. You can subscribe to that or my other YouTube channel. That's the main thing that I do with. We'll We'll put, we'll put links to the channels in the I've show. I've made zines. I've made zines. Subscribe made... to those. Yeah. You made um, made what? Marek's reaching down. He's wearing a Montreal Expos jersey, incidentally, which is... Um... Let's go Expos. Laughing <laughs> that. So what are you reaching for there? Um... I make, I've made comics about my walk. Yeah. I've illustrated like little books. <laughs> those, are great. those are great. You can get these on Etsy or the website called Dude's Walking Club. And this is one here I'm showing that now on screen is about a walk. That is you. And you've the illustrated these as well. Pardon? You illustrated these as well. Yeah, I painted them all in watercolour. Bloody hell, and, mate. And I did them on, it took me about two months to do each one. I've done a couple. I'm just working on my Avery, um, the Avery Stones walk. Hopefully I'll turn them into a book. But I think they're quite funny. Uh, that's, um, they look great. Well, we'll link to those. We can get them on the, as you say, on the Cool Dudes YouTube site. Cool we'll Dudes Walking to... Club yeah. website. Or on Etsy. Etsy. Uh, follow right. Mike, Mike Carlson. <laughs> follow <laughs> YouTube or the robot will get you. <laughs> we'll put links to all of that in the show notes. You can go and get involved, support it. And any ideas, remember, for Wolf Sport, getting that kickstarted again, let us know. And next time you're on, Marit, as well as talking about the book, which we have to contractually every time you're on the show, we'll talk about Wolf Sport. Hopefully our listeners will have worked out a way to revive it. Oh, yes, please. Exciting. It is exciting. Look after yourself, bud. Good to see you, man. Thanks for dropping by. Take care. Bye. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.